Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Youngkin's here to bring you another episode today and to bring you some valuable training information to provide to your racing. So let's get right into it. Today's podcast is going to be the five rules for motocross strength training. Now, strength training in motocross, it's a uh, it's kind of a controversial topic over the past handful of years, and everybody kind of has their opinion on it. Should you not lift weights? Should you lift weights? Should you only do circuit-style training? The advice is really all over the board. A lot of people are scared of it, and I can kind of understand why just based off of everybody's opinion. But today, I kind of want to help clear up some confusion on why you should be lifting weights if you are a competitive racer, especially if you're a high-level racer. So look, it's 2019, about to be 2020, and... All I got to say first off is if you are a serious athlete and you are not using weightlifting or just strength training in general to help improve your performance when you compete, you are seriously way behind the eight ball on this and you are leaving so much progress on the table if, if you're totally neglecting this aspect in your preparation. So you have to keep in mind that all athletes right now are training or lifting weights in their training. And if you're not one of them, I highly suggest you just jump on board. But if you're not in that boat or you're kind of confused on what to do, you know, stay tuned. Don't jump off this podcast yet because I'm going to outline, you know, really the five rules that we need to at least first, you know, start following in order to get you on track so your program looks like the way it should be to help you with your athletic performance. But first, before we get into that, I do want to talk about some myths that that's kind of circulating in the whole motocross training industry. And I kind of want to debunk those right now for you. Just let's get that out of the way. So the first one is a lot of people think that lifting weights causes arm pump. So what is arm pump? Arm pump is basically a a compartmentalized syndrome where basically you're not getting enough blood flow through your forearms and then back out of it. Basically blood is just kind of clogging up, giving you that pumped up feeling. Okay. So weightlifting does not directly cause this. Indirectly, it could. And it could if you say you went to the gym and you did a ton of isolation work in your forearms and your biceps and you grew those muscles. But if you did not, if you're not riding or working on aerobic abilities, meaning your conditioning, along with that, then yeah, that muscle growth could cause more, you'll need more blood flow through because you have more muscle volume. So basically it's harder, you have more volume to circulate blood through. And that's okay if your body's aerobically efficient and you can circulate blood. But if all you're doing is just lifting, then yeah, that may cause arm pump. But your program shouldn't just be lifting weights like a meathead to get ready to racing. Okay? If you're a competitive racer, you know that's not that's not the uh, the way to go. But there's multiple components to this whole training thing. And we'll get more involved with conditioning here in a later podcast. But, you know, right now, weightlifting alone does not directly, is not going to directly cause arm pump. And we know this too, if you just think about it, a lot of people who don't lift weights still get arm pump anyways. Okay. So my checklist goes, if you're getting arm pump, start with your riding. Okay. Again, I'm not a riding coach, but I do know that. A lot of your riding technique is really going to heavily evolve whether you're getting arm pump or not. 
then number two is going to be, hey, how, what is your aerobic conditioning look like? Are you aerobically fit? Okay. So those are the first two things I kind of go through before I start even looking at what does your weightlifting program look like. Uh, a myth number two, a lot of people think you're going to get too big and too bulky to ride a dirt bike and it's going to screw up your form and technique and all of that. So here's the deal. Getting really big and really bulky from lifting weights, it takes a lot of work, a lot of years and a lot of hours to do so. Okay. Um, can you gain five to 10 pounds of muscle? Is that probably going to be beneficial? Yeah, that's probably going to help a lot of people, but you're not going to gain 50 pounds and turn into this huge bodybuilder and, you know, lose all your ability to ride, ride your bike and have to buy new gear. Okay. If you are a competitive racer and you're racing and you're practicing and you're doing conditioning, you will not have enough time alone to add add the size that you'll need to. You basically have to quit racing, quit riding, and basically live in the gym for about five days a week, eat way more calories than what you're eating right now to get way too big and too bulky. So let's just kind of eliminate that fear right now, okay? And the last myth is that if you start lifting weights, it's going to mess up your endurance. And obviously this one's kind of a funny one to me, but if your program is all in the line, so you're riding, you're working on your conditioning and your strength training, your strength training is only going to help improve your endurance. If you're, again, if you're only weightlifting and you're neglecting all these other areas, then yeah, it can probably screw up your endurance. But if everything's lined up, your strength training is only going to help improve your endurance dramatically because when you're stronger, th those muscles actually have to work less on the bike than you previously would if you were, if your body was weaker. Okay. So everything becomes easier to you. So if your bike is 225 pounds, well, 225 pounds is going to start feeling lighter to you, even with mud on it or your gear. Um, everything just gets easier, which would which is only going to help your endurance in the long run. So no, it doesn't mess up your endurance, but again, it, it comes down to their total program is why people may blame weightlifting on some of these topics here. So now I kind of want to get real, I want to touch on, so what are the key benefits of why you should be strength training? So first one is going to be injury prevention. Okay. So this alone in itself should be the, you know, this reason here should just do the trick as far as, Hey, I should be training because I know I'm going to crash sooner or later, especially if you're a high level racer, you need to be able to take a fall and not get hurt every time you crash. Okay. Um, there's a lot of racers that every time they take a big hit, they get hurt. They break a bone, you know, and they're out for a few races or for the rest of the year. If you're a good racer, you need to be racing. You need to be healthy on your bike. So, you know, injury prevention should be at the top of the list. Okay. Next is going to be improved riding technique and endurance. So just like we said with the myths, you know, when you're stronger, you can hold better techniques, hold your technique for a longer duration and obviously improve on it. And again, it's going to go along with your endurance. If your technique is solid, then by the end of the race, you can hang on. You can actually manage your technique better which is going to help your endurance at the end of the motos. Okay. And so a lot of like, you know, my racers that I work with, a lot of the things they really like, 
they really like are pumped up on when they start strength training with me is that you know they could just start doing things on their bike because they're stronger and they can hold positions and they can hit certain parts of the track like they never could before because they actually possess the strength levels to hold these positions on their bikes so it's actually a really cool thing when that starts to happen for you as a racer and the last really benefit and this one just kind of brings it all together um you know if there's a strength component involved in your sport it must be trained and not neglected okay so if your muscles are working and you need to hold you know they need to possess some level of strength you know you should not be neglecting it you should be you should be training it and preparing it and getting it stronger so like i said before all athletes are lifting and not to take anything away from golfers but professional and you know highly competitive golfers they're they're strength training you know they may not be lifting like a competitive power lifter but you better believe that um they are working on strength and, and i'm not trying to pick on golfing but let's be honest the recreational form is considered leisure activity where you're supposed to go drinking beer with your buddies okay so again if you know, I find it funny that a lot of racers like to talk up how hardcore the sport is, but yet they don't strength train to get ready for it. They just will go road bike and then show up and do some motos. Okay. So if it's that hardcore, you already know in your head, you sh- it should be taking more to prepare for than, you know, any other sport if you want to play that bragging game, which in myself, I like to respect all sports. I think everybody, you know, it's pretty cool that People possess different skill levels and, you know, you should really respect all different types of athletes and sports. So at this point, you may be thinking, you know, if you know a little bit about me, you know, I have a huge background in football. I even spent some years after football um, doing some high level competitive powerlifting. So at this point, you may be like, you know, Joel, you know, you're kind of biased to this whole lifting thing. Is this kind of the only reason you're doing this? you know, talking like, is this kind of why you're sticking to this wheelhouse? And, you know, kind of, yeah, like I am biased to this and I do have a huge background in strength training. It's been in my life since, you know, I was about 12, 13. I started lifting weights and trying to get stronger. I'm 31 now. So yeah, it's been around in my, in my life, but you know, I have a ton of experience with it and I know how to use it to help people. And I've seen the the benefits of it, not just racers, but all athletes and even just um, ordinary people who just have are working professionals. And I see the benefits that it provides for them. Okay, and I know as a racer that it will help you as well, because I've worked with it with a lot of racers over the years and we see the benefits, you know, daily and weekly and especially every season when they're competing. Okay, and my racers, like I said, they stick around they stick around with me because they appreciate being strong and they like being strong. Okay. And these are pro racers that make money off racing. They enjoy lifting weights. All right. So I want to move forward now. Finally, I want to get into the, t- the five reasons why, or I'm sorry, the five rules for motocross strength training. So rule number one is that you should be strength training at least twice a week. Okay. So two to days, two to four days a week is going to be optimal. And you just kind of want to think of like, what does your schedule look like? How many days available do you have? You know, at least two is going to cut it, especially in season when you're racing on Sunday, if you're trying to ride during the week 
and you're traveling a lot, two days is gonna be a, is gonna be fine as long as you're consistent. If you can get three days in, cool, even better. If you can get four in, nice. Just make sure you're managing it properly throughout the week and that you're not you have heavier and lighter days during the week if you're going up to four. But really at least two days a week. One day is really not gonna cut it. You're kinda just wasting your time. Um, you're not gonna make the adaptations that you really need. And if you're only gonna commit one day a week, you know, I would just say just go ride or, you know, go work on something else because um, it's really you're not going to cut it. And at that point, you're not really taking strength training seriously anyways. So, like I said, two days a week should be your absolute minimum and just keep that consistent year round. Uh, number two is going to be use progressive overload. So progressive overload is basically increasing intensity or volume over time. So when you're strength training, you should always be thinking, how can I get a little bit stronger or how can I do a little bit more work? Um, Cause this is the way it's actually going to help you become stronger. If you just go into the gym and you're always squatting 135, you're just going to get to a point where you're just going through the motions and your body's just going to adapt to it and you're not going to get stronger. So again, you're just kind of wasting time in the gym after a certain point. You should be focusing on either trying to improve, trying to graduate up to certain movements. So like say you start off with push-ups, then you may want to gr- try to work towards getting to, to using dumbbells and then working to a barbell or just, like I said, trying to add a little bit of weight, add some volume, and you want to do this over time. So we have to respect progressive overload in our training. And if you're not, then you're not going to get stronger. We'll move on to number three here. And three is going to be, you should be training all year long. And when I mean training, you should be including strength training in your program all year long is really what this means. So kind of a real quick rule of thumb here. You want to be spending more time lifting aggressively during the off season. So when you're not in competitive season, you really want to take advantage of days of really trying to maximize how strong you can get. And then during the race season, especially when things get kind of you know hectic or you're traveling a lot, we can kind of start to cut back a little bit. And you can kind of go, I don't want to say maintaining mode, you can still get stronger if you're doing it right, but you're probably going to want to cut back a little bit of volume. But if you're following progressive overload properly, you know, you you can potentially be able to do this while still getting stronger, but you just have to manage stress levels. So you can cut back total volume, that would bring down stress volumes. When your schedule frees up, you're going to add in more volume. So that could be, you know, more sets. It could be more days during the week. It could be more exercises. Um, but really the takeaway here is you want to be training all year long and lifting all year long. And um, there's a million ways to kind of do this. There's a, you know, uh, we're not going to get into that right now, but I just want to make it clear that, you know, elite athletes only really take about two weeks off completely throughout the year. And that's just kind of to recharge themselves uh, more or less mentally and emotionally. And they don't, they don't take time off because they don't want to get out of shape. So they're always staying in shape so that when these times do come that they need to make huge gains in the, in the gym, you know, they're already in shape and they can just kind of drop the hammer in their training get the results they need, and then boom, move into the season. So number four is going to be focus on compound movements. 
So compound movements, for example, you want to squat, you want to bench, you want to deadlift, and you want to do rows, okay? The variations of these movements are fine. You can do any kind of variation you would like to. You can progress through different variations. You could do whatever ones feel comfortable. But as long as you're doing some kind of a squat, some kind of a bench, which would be like a pressing uh, motion, a deadlift or a pull, and any kind of rowing, you know, variations is going to be fine. These should be the staples in your strength training program. So whether these are body weight, dumbbell, done with barbells, specialty bars, um, you know, that's really not as important as just making sure these movements are being trained. And these movements should be trained not because, you know, three of them are powerlifting movements or this is what football players do or some other sport does it. It's just that the squat, bench, deadlift, and rows, these are all just normal movement patterns that as humans we move. This is how we move. We all should be able to perform a squat. We all can have a, you know, do a pressing motion. The deadlift, we can all pull stuff off the ground. In the rows, we can all pull things with our arms, you know, so it's not about the exercise being in a relationship with another sport. It has nothing to do with that. It's just a tool to train normal human movements. If you train these movements properly and you get them stronger, this will help you become a better athlete or racer in this instance. When it comes to your abs and bodybuilding movements, those things kind of come secondary and they kind of fit around around your main lifts. And you only want to do an, as much as you need to. So abs you can kind of do every day if you want. Um, and then the bodybuilding movements are just isolation movements where you're working on bringing up weak areas in your body that like for instance like if you want to work on hamstring strength low back shoulders these would be the time where you'd want to include these bodybuilding movements moving on to the last one number five and this one here um not just racers ask me this ask me this but um people all across the board ask this question and they love this question but this one's going to be you want to utilize both high weight and low rep schemes and lightweight higher rep schemes so as an athlete what we want to be working towards is actually and this may seem like it's backwards to you um, but you want to actually work towards utilizing higher weight with lower rep schemes especially in your compound movements so this is a good thing so kind of getting back to the whole like I don't want to get too big and too bulky if you're following along with this rep scheme you're actually going to get like really strong without adding a bunch of mass. So if you follow a lightweight high rep approach, and what I mean lightweight, I'm saying 55 to 70% of your one rep max. Higher reps, I'm saying 6 to 12 reps. I'm not talking about 20 to 30 reps. Um, at that point, you're kind of just usually wasting your time unless it's like a rehab type exercise. But going back to it, Lightweight high rep actually builds muscle size and conditioning for your muscles. So you actually want to start here, lightweight high reps. You do want to build a little bit of muscle size and you do want to build up some endurance so that you can actually utilize the heavier weights and lower reps. And again, lower reps is going to be that one to five rep range. Higher weight, 
you know, 70% up through 100% of your one rep max. So you just kind of want to keep in mind that the heavier weights going to train your nervous system to become really strong. And it's not going to add, it's not a very optimal way of adding size, but you can add a little bit of size doing this. Whereas the lighter intensities and the higher rep schemes are better for adding muscle size and endurance, but it's not great for building muscle strength. Both will work as beginners either way, but these are just kind of rules for more experienced athletes. Um, but that's just kind of the general rule of thumb of how you want to use this. Both work both ways, but just, you know, higher weight, you want to think that's max strength. This is really what you want to be working for. And then the lightweight kind of helps prepare you for that. Um, and then you can kind of utilize these two in different, different times of the year as well. So those are the five rules. I kind of want to just touch back over all this. Um, so we know now that weightlifting doesn't directly cause arm pump. You're not going to get super big and too bulky. You'd have to quit racing and basically live in the gym, um, at that point for you to gain a whole bunch of unnecessary muscle mass. And the last one is it's not going to mess up your endurance. If you're riding and doing conditioning as well with your strength training, it's only all going to help itself. And that's what you should be doing. Um, the key benefits Injury prevention, we have to keep you safe and healthy. Um, it's going to help improve your riding technique and the endurance again. And then again, if there is a strength and just, you know, sport training 101, if there's a strength component in the sport, it must be trained and not neglected. Okay. That's just kind of training 101. And so the, the five, uh, the five rules for motocross strength training that you should be thinking about and utilizing in your training is you should be strength training at least twice a week. You should be using progressive overload. So you should be focusing on trying to get stronger in some capacity every session. Um, number three, you want to be training all year long. You know, don't take huge time. Don't take a long time off. Try to stay at it all season long. You can um, fluctuate the intensities as you need to, but Train all year long. Don't get out of shape. Stay in shape so you can keep training hard when you need to. Number four, you should be focusing on compound movements like the squat, bench, deadlift, and rows. And number five, you should use both high weight, low reps, and lightweight, high reps in your training. But really trying to build up that high weight, low rep strength because this is this is really what you want as an athlete, especially a racer. This is what's going to help you feel really strong on the bike. So that's it for today. Hope you got a lot out of this one. Um, I know strength training can be a confusing topic. There's a ton of information, a ton of opinions out there right now on it. But, you know, don't be scared of strength training. It's only going to help you. And, you know, if you're, again, if you're a high-level racer and you're not strength training, you're missing out on such awesome performance gains that, that you don't even realize you can have until you actually start strength training. So don't be scared of it. Keep educating yourself. Keep getting comfortable. Don't go into the gym and just go guns blazing either. Trying to, you know, trying to max out on day one. Build your strength over time and, you know, so slow and steady wins the race. And, you know, it's going to pay off for you. And just give it time and make it a staple in your program is what I really just highly recommend you doing. 
And um, yeah, until next time, uh, the next episode we're going to cover is going to be the five rules of conditioning for motocross training. So we will see you there and talk soon. Later.